It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros right here. It is me, Joey P. Joe P. Zapia. That, of course, is Scott Bogman, and it's you. And it's time, if you can believe it already, for week six in college football. How the heck has all this time gone so quickly? I don't know. But we're going to take a quick look back at week five, the hits, the misses, and everything in between, and also look ahead to all the nationally televised games that we could possibly fit in here to this show because there's a whole lot. We're going to go through all the likes of Scott Bogman and maybe a few leans as well. But in the meantime, Scott Bogman, I got to tell you, of all the things that I saw this past weekend in uh, college football, I really enjoyed watching uh, Desmond Ritter play quarterback. That was the dude in Cincinnati. Big statement game, I think, for them. A couple of upsets moved Cincinnati up the charts a little bit. That kid, to me, I think he's going to play in the NFL and be a pretty good quarterback. Boggs, how was your week five, buddy? Uh, I tell you what, Joe, seven and three feels way better than three and seven. So, back on track, uh, back <laughs> on track, baby. Let's go. So I was very, very happy about that. Of course, I'm talking about my betting pros article. So uh, where I write up, you know, I, I do five in-depth write-ups and then I pick five of the games. So I have 10 total games on there, uh, three and seven the week before seven and three back at it this week. So that felt much better, but I'm with you, man. Uh, Cincinnati looks good and yep. they have a fairly clear path to the playoff right now. So yes. they could be the first G5 team ever in there. So um, we'll see if they don't slip up and if the voters are going to actually put a G5 team in there. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's a signature win on the road too. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the road and, 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 I'm and the kid you. looked like he, you know, he, he saw the progressions. He, he knew where to throw the football, he was very poised in big spots. A lot of the intangibles is right. what I saw when I watched Vitter play. Yeah, he's a fun kid to watch play. And and I was, you know, I feel like I texted you about him a while ago. Uh, but uh he was he was so much fun to watch in this game in particular. Mm-hmm. And look, the quarterback uh rankings are all over the damn place. Like they are. um I think Mel Kuyper just came out with his and uh PFF, they have the same number one as Malik Willis from Liberty. So small school guys uh, getting the job done when Matt Corral, you know. Lays an egg against Bama. I mean, more it was the coaching, not Corral. But, uh, you know, that stuff will happen. And, and we also learned Bama and Georgia, are, we might as well pencil them in right now. Mm-hmm. So unless something drastic happens, it looks like those two are going to be playing uh, for the national title. So it's just they're so much better than everybody else. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, going back to that old Miss game real quick, too. You know, they had that opening drive where they hit a couple of the fourth downs, which was, you know, they had them on their heels a little bit. And I could understand why they didn't just take the points when they got down there. Just kick the chip field goal, leave with some points, feel confident. It felt like from that moment on, that was the end of the game. It's like they had this moment to kind of make a statement. They tried to get a little cute, and of course it didn't work. And next thing you know, that was literally the end of Ole Miss. So you so, can blame Corral, but I'm going to blame Lane Kiffin. That's what I'm going to blame. Our guy, John Lobb, who we love. Uh-huh. Just we do. One of the bigger personalities in the industry. That so is much fun. understatement of the century. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, on the ITLCFF show, we have a thing called the negative zone and his face got Bruce Arians red talking <laughs> about Lane Kiffin's decision making in that game to go for it on a bunch of fourth downs. And uh, yeah, so it I don't was, have a problem uh, with the first one. I have a problem right. when you get into the chip shot field goal range. 
where you just don't take the points against Alabama and you say, okay, we went all the way down here because I think it also, the air went out of the offense a little bit. Right. And, and that is such an important thing. Who had been clicking on all cylinders. I know. know? And I'll tell you what, and I was not impressed with Bryce Young in that game on the flip side too. Well, he's a, he's a sophomore, so I don't care what he is. He's got not impressive. Not impressive is what he is. He's got plenty of time, but there were so many upsets. I mean, Oregon, Florida, Fresno state, UCLA and Texas A&M all lost to unranked teams this week. So it was a wild one to say the least. We have a decent amount of bye weeks this week, uh, but uh, that means that um, there are more nationally televised games. We got games Thursday. We got games Friday. So there's a bunch to go over here. Well, let's just start then week six. Let's start with the national games that, Bachman has strong feelings about, and let's start with Houston. Six-point favorites at Tulane. This is a Thursday night game. 59.5 is the number. Boggs, your thoughts? I don't understand why, once again, Houston is getting this few points. Six against Tulane. Uh, Tulane has not looked good. These teams are going in opposite directions. Texas Tech beat Houston in week one, but they're 4-0 since then. Houston has played some bad teams, Rice, Grambling State, Navy, and they just beat the crap out of Tulsa last week, but Tulsa was favored in that game. Tulane almost beat Oklahoma week one, but since then, uh, they beat FCS Morgan State in week two. In the next three games, they lost 61-21 to Old Miss, 28-21 to UAB, and 52-29 to ECU. So Houston is far and away the better team, in my opinion. Uh, they won this game by 18 last year, and I see it closer to that than a six-point favor. So Houston, easy on the road against Tulane for me. All right, let's see if it's going to be easy for Ohio State at home. 21-point favorites, huge number uh, against Maryland. Ohio State uh, falls to number seven now in the rankings. 69.5 is the number on this <laughs> one, Boggs. Can Ohio State put up a, a giant number like 21 against Maryland? I think they can. And Maryland was cruising and posting tweets about everyone they beat until six interceptions from Iowa shut them up. Uh, I don't think that Ohio State is going to get them to cough it up six times, but they should pound Maryland into the ground. Ohio State has scored 40 in every game except the loss to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland has put up some points, too, but they were held to a season low 14 last week against Iowa. I just feel like these teams are headed in opposite directions right now. So I'm going to take Ohio State. Uh, but I, I I like the under in this game more. Uh, 69 and a half is such a big number. I don't know how much Maryland's going to score against Iowa, uh, Ohio State. So yes, that, uh, that I Rutgers contest under. last week was not close. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and Rutgers <laughs> played Michigan close. Did not play Ohio State. Close. Did not play Ohio State close. No, it was uh, whew, not good. <laughs> Things were not good there uh, right away, too. <laughs> so, uh, That's number right. two, Georgia. Finally, you know, it's funny. We talked about Georgia in the preseason show about this is finally going to be the year where Georgia actually delivers. And so far, so good. They're 15 point favorites on the road against 18th ranked Auburn. 46 and a half is the number a little lower uh, number here. Does that surprise you? Not really. I mean, Georgia has been shutting MFers down, right? It's like, (laughs) it's just so not close that I am not surprised that at this number. And look, Auburn's a good team, but Georgia looks fairly unstoppable so far. UGA UGA is allowing a measly 4.6 points per game, which is clearly first in the nation by a full touchdown. Iowa, number two at 11.6 points per game. Auburn is ranked 11th in scoring uh, offense, averaging over 40 points per game, but they've been aided in uh, with that in uh, putting up 60 points against Akron and Alabama State. The two P5 teams they played, um, Auburn uh, only scored 
44 total points, which would put them at 22. Just, you know, you, you can't pick and choose here, but if we're looking at 22 points per game, that's where Northwestern is at 106 in the nation right now. Uh, the only way that Auburn stays in this game is if Bo Nix does his Johnny Manziel impression that he did uh, last week to beat LSU. I got UGA big in this game. Yeah, uh, Bo Nix is another guy, too. I just... I don't think the uh, the hype not really all there. coincides. No, it's not all there. Not not for the next level. That's for sure. Right. Uh, Boise State at BYU. BYU ranked 10th now. Uh, five and a half point favorites in this game. 56 and a half is the number. Your thoughts on BYU at home? This one is a little this one is trickier than it looks, I think, um, because on, on paper, I mean, uh BYU is just they're ranked 10. They're beating people up. It's not close. Um, but Boise State, it's wishy-washy. They lost to a healthy UCF team in week one. Then they smashed UTEP. Then they barely lost to OK State. They pounded Utah State. And then they lost to Nevada. So they're, you know, a weird up and down. BYU has beat everyone they played into the ground after week one, where, you know, the one week I picked them. They don't beat U of A into the ground, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm over it. Clearly the issue I have is in roster strength. And, you know, I do a show with my guy, Nick Allen, CFB winning edge. I showed you his rosters, uh, Joe. I mean, mind blowing. They are incredible. I felt like it was in the matrix, right? He's got a ranking for every single player in college football. Uh, it's incredible. And Boise State has, has a ranking the, for everyone in my house. I know. I know. It's exactly. Crazy. Joe's it's a 79. His daughter's in the 90. You got to get yeah, up to their clearly. level. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm uh, way behind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Boise State has the better roster to him. But I just think when you look at what's happening here is it's Andy Avalos in a new coaching staff coming in at Boise State. Yeah, the same coaching staff at, at BYU. They had momentum coming into this year, even losing Zach Wilson. I thought that would take some steam out. It hasn't. They have been beating people up left and right. So I just think that uh, playing on momentum, I'm going to go with BYU minus the five and a half here, even though I do think Boise State has more talent. BYU is working together very well, and the betting is way on the BYU side and on the under as well. I feel like we kind of owe Michigan apology because we were a little harsh on them in the beginning of the year, in the preseason, even in the week one or two, Mm. they are now ranked ninth. They are three and a half point favorites at Nebraska this week. The number is 50 and a half, but, but uh, they haven't really played anyone yet. I mean, really of, of note. And uh, again, I guess that's where we were struggling, trying to figure out how good they really are, but I got to give them credit. You can only play who's on your schedule. They always say that, right? And they have, Mm -hmm. and they've played well. So I want to give them some credit here, but how much credit do you want to give them in this game against Nebraska? The hot seat bowl, right? It's uh, (laughs) Harbaugh versus Scott Frost here. But uh, look, Michigan is undefeated, but they had easy wins against uh, Western Michigan and and, uh, Northern Illinois. Uh, Then they played some disappointing teams in Washington and Wisconsin. And the one team playing well right now in Rutgers, they only beat by a touchdown. And they only put up 20 points in that game. Nebraska has been much better after that week zero loss to Illinois. Uh, the defense is what has been impressing them. They held Buffalo to three, Oklahoma to 23, Michigan State, who was ranked to 23, and Northwestern to seven after Illinois put 30 up on them. So they have gotten much better on the defensive side. That puts them 13th in the nation in scoring defense, allowing 15.5 points per game. The problem with Nebraska is they rely on their run game to win, specifically quarterback Adrian Martinez. 
I can't imagine that Michigan lets Martinez beat them. So I'm going to take Michigan in this game, but I love the under in this game. 50 okay. and a half. Michigan's running back Blake Corm was a little bit banged up. Nebraska is one dimensional. So I think this is going to be a run and clock run, run and clock run mm-hmm. it, that plays to the under. Grinder. I like Michigan. It's a grinder. One of those kind of Gruden's grinders. Yeah. Right. I do like Michigan in this game, uh, but I feel the best about the under 50 and a half. I just think it plays, you know, to like a uh, 27, 10 or even, you know, even a 27, 20 game with mm-hmm. Michigan winning gets you that under. So true. I, true. I really like that under. All right, let's go to the next one here. Alabama goes and travels is still number one as they should be 17 and a half point favorites uh, at Texas A&M this week. Uh, 51 and a half is the number on this one. You got a lot of stats here on A&M. <laughs> I, I want to kick this off here. I want to hear all these stats you told me. You well, get. it's funny because I usually write up both sides. So my paragraphs, you know, if you're watching mm-hmm. us look like this, this one looks like this because I don't <laughs> need to write up Bama. Bama's good, right? So uh, it's good. A&M might be the most lopsided team in the country as far as defensive production to offensive production. uh, Tamu, 24th against the pass, 177.2 yards per game, fifth in scoring, 12.6 points per game on defense. On offense, they're 101st in scoring, 23.4, which stems from the 81st passing offense in the nation, just over 200 yards, 213.6. They lost starting quarterback Haynes King in the Colorado game. And it's been rough on offense ever since then. I don't need to say anything about Bama in this game. I think Bama goes in. I'm I'm considering going to this game just to watch the Aggies get crushed. Right. So uh, but I'm going to stay at home and watch the Red River rivalry. I'm not going to go to this game, but it did. You know, it put a little bit. Do I want to go to this game? I'm not far. I am not really, really close to College Station. Well, you might but, be the only person at the end of it it's still there. Uh, oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Me and the Bama fans. High five. Yeah, so that's true. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, this game is uh, it's just it's, this Calzada kid has not put it together for AM yet. I'm not saying he can't ever, but I know that some of the Aggies fans that I know have uh, thought the play calling on offense is a little bit questionable as well. And one of the best running backs in the nation and one of the best offensive linemen in the nation, uh, guys that are going to get drafted high in the nfl draft but when you have a quarterback that's inexperienced and not rolling i mean bama is gonna come in and crush these guys this next game is fascinating to me you have fourth ranked penn state traveling on the road to play third ranked iowa the iowa is a one and a half point favorites the number is just 41 in this game and these are two teams that have leapfrogged some other teams let's be honest in the standings off of some huge upsets last week so that being said, what's your take on this one? Because it feels like these are two teams, you know, once again, you can only play who's on your schedule and they have played well enough to get to these rankings. But how good are these teams right now? Joe's pussyfooting around it. They're both overrated. They are. Okay. You know, they're both well, overrated I want you to right say now. It. I don't want you to get all the heat. Uh, I just set you up. <laughs> I walk away. And I say, yeah, Bogman, boy, he's full of hot takes. And I say, yeah, yeah you're right. And I you just know, walk away. Penn State struggles to run the ball. They're 93rd in the country, 132.6 yards per game. They haven't really needed to because their quarterback, Sean Clifford, and this wide receiver core, which is, you know, John Dotson is great. Parker Washington has been fantastic. They're ranked 26th in the nation in passing offense, and they can bail out the running game. Iowa struggled against teams that run the ball, Colorado State and Iowa State, but obviously still won those games as they're undefeated. The games which Iowa has dominated are against teams that are pretty good passing uh, with passing offenses. Maryland is 13th in uh, passing in the nation yards per game, 317.4. 
They forced six interceptions against Maryland. Uh, got a little to a bench and picked off the, uh, the backup after that, too. So Iowa has forced 12 interceptions. Penn State has forced seven. Penn State's defense is also real good. It's no surprise that the team that forces and gets the most turnovers will win. I think it's more about limiting them because I think both teams will get them. I'm going to go with Iowa in this game because they're at home. I think they stop the run early and that, and then start hammering Clifford and mm-hmm. they've had a couple pick sixes as well. And I think that is where we're going to see the game flip in Iowa's favor. They're at home, big home field advantage in this game. And um, I just think both teams are going to turn it over. Now, if Spencer Petra's Spencer Petra's the quarterback for Iowa has kind of done this, you know, uh, the up and down games, up and down games. If he's efficient and doesn't turn it over, I think Iowa wins this one going away. If he has a couple picks, it's going to play way closer to this one and a half number. So I like Iowa to get the job done here, though. All right. Those are all the likes. Let's get to the leans here. We don't feel quite as confident about some of these things, but still worthy of mention. Again, these are all the games on the uh, the nationally televised slate here. We have Stanford at Arizona State, ranked 22nd in the nation, minus 12 on the Arizona State side. The number is 51 and a half, and this game is on Friday night. Boggs, take us through Arizona State and Stanford. Yeah, I this one. Oof, I mean, the, both these teams have been all over the place, but specifically Stanford. Uh, they're three and two, but they played one of the harder schedules in the country. They opened up with a loss to K-State and also lost to UCLA, but they beat USC, Vandy, and Oregon, who was ranked four in overtime last week. ASU is four and one, but lost to BYU as big favorites. I think this one... This line is perfect, so I'm going to put this in the leans. I I like what ASU is doing right now on offense. I think they're going to beat Stanford, but Stanford has hung around and played with everybody, and, you know, there's just kind of that iron sharpens iron, right? They've played good teams. ASU has not played a bunch of great teams, so um, I think that ASU gets this done, but I'm not saying it with a ton of confidence. All right, let's see how much confidence you have in your Texas Longhorns. Uh, ranked 21st in the nation. They will be at home against uh, six-ranked Oklahoma. Oklahoma, three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. 63-and-a-half is the number. What are your thoughts on Texas? Can they hang with the big boys? Joe, they're not at home, of course. You know this is oh. in the Cotton Bowl. Ah, uh, uh, yes, that's, that's right. right. That's right. That's the Red River rivalry every year is in the Cotton Bowl. But, um, look, Longhorns are playing their best football right now, which uh, – Makes me nervous because my hopes are up. You know, my no, hopes are no. up against Oklahoma. I feel for like sure. it's going to be a terrible show next Wednesday. Now, when we come the, in, if your hopes are up. That's never good. The Sooners are clearly not playing their best, but uh, they have been efficient. They're just missing those big plays. Texas has to not miss tackles because if you give a team that has the type of talent that Oklahoma has, you know, you miss a tackle here, you miss a tackle there, and they're getting easy first downs. That's an easy easy recipe for disaster for Texas, but they have the best running back in the country in B. John Robinson going to lean on him on offense, keep that defense, uh, you know, nice and uh, not tired and not worn down for that fourth quarter. So you can make, you can tackle the catch and all that stuff. Texas has to play, play like pros on defense to beat Oklahoma here. I think they can do it, but um, I've seen, I've gone into this game with a ton of confidence and seen Oklahoma win. I've gone in thinking there's no chance Texas wins and they do. So mm-hmm. uh, this uh, rivalry games are tough uh, to pick because I mean, look at Kentucky beating Florida last week, right? I did not see that coming. 
Kentucky's a great team, but Florida hung with Alabama. We thought they were good, but that is the shakiness and the up and down of college football. And some of these young players, Emory Jones specifically for Florida, but um, for this one, I like Texas. So would that be just Texas outright on the money line then? If you're that confident to make a little bit more as opposed to just the three and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I, I would do that if you're going to take Texas. Yeah, just take them You just take them out, right? Sure. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking of that you were alluding to. Four overtimes in your mouth. last year uh, <laughs> plays to the, I remember uh, that. the over <clears throat> as well. So, All right. 13th ranked Arkansas at 17th ranked Ole Miss licking their wounds, but they're still six-point favorites in this one. 66 and a half is the number. Can Ole Miss bounce back here, Boggs? Well, can Arkansas bounce back? That's right? true. Can Arkansas uh, bounce back too? These teams lost to number one and number two, so we're kind of finding out who the third best team in the SEC is in this game. Um, it's going to be really, really close. My gut says Ole Miss. Uh, they're blowing everyone not named uh, Alabama out of the water right now. Arkansas had the same bit going until Georgia, but I think Casey Jefferson, just he still isn't 100%. I think Matt Corral and the Rebs will roll in this game. But, you know, every time I get kind of confident about Ole Miss, they let me down. So uh, I'll put this one in the leans, but I do like Ole Miss in this game. All right, last one here, Florida State at North Carolina, 17.5-point favorite. North Carolina is the number on this one, 64.5. What are your thoughts on North Carolina, Florida State, Box? I would rather, if I had to bet my life on this (laughs) game or flip a coin, i just flip a coin, I think, because UNC – they're all over the place. Uh, this is uh, one of the teams you expect to win this type of game going away. Uh, uh, Florida state is on the struggle struggle bus. They're 87th in scoring offense. They're 105th in scoring defense. And um, you know, they might even be more con- uh, confusing than UNC. They lost Notre Dame in overtime. Then Jacksonville state beat them. They followed that up by a big loss to wake forest, then close ones against a good Louisville team. And then they barely beat Syracuse. Who's not good. UNC, Opened up with that loss of Virginia Tech, gained some steam against Georgia State, smashed Virginia. Then they got smashed by Georgia Tech. So th- these two teams are too bipolar for me. I'll take UNC because Florida State gets into these scoring dry spells. And UNC, I don't think it's going to have that, especially not against Florida State. So I'll take UNC. But like I said, bet my life on it. I'd rather flip a coin. All right. There you have it. So those are the likes and the leans for week six in the NFL. Make sure you head over to bettingpros.com to check out all the great content, including the write-up that Scott Bogman does every single week and seven and three, not too shabby bounce back. I think what, two weeks ago, you were seven and three as well, right? right. Before the, mm-hmm. before the, the week that shall not be named. We, we won't right. talk about that stupid other week, week that four. stupid yeah. week four is the worst, but <laughs> again, by Bogman back on track, as we all said that we would be here in this week's show. So head over to bettingpros.com so you can see all the consensus lines and all the houses and where you can bet which ones that you like. And it's the best place to find all the different lines and all the different houses all in one easy place. And it's bettingpros.com. So that'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for Scott Bogman. I'm Joey P. We will see you next time, kids. (laughs) 